Body, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining Beautiful Earth, which was called um, about six months ago, Calling All Leaders and Healers. And we made that change to calling the show Beautiful Earth so that we could really include celebrating the body, emotions, the earth, animals, sexuality, and our intimate uh, connections to our body, the earth, and all that is uh, really brings forth full expression of a healthy, radiant um, human being on the planet. And so Beautiful Earth is celebrating those connections. And um, today we're going to be hosting Mary Ellen and Erin, who do uh, horse-powered success, equine-guided learning. And these women are just spectacular. The, the work that they do, the energy that they bring, and I'll tell you more about them um, in a little bit. Uh, last month, we uh, hosted Rita Patel, who does incredible work with creativity. I was so inspired by that show. Um, I really was. I mean, it was it was like um, I think I I was on a high for like three days afterwards. <laughs> and, uh, the way she really explained how creativity works in her life and how the possibility feeling when we recapture that possibility feeling is something that I use in my work and and what flows through me and my teachings around the power of possibility and and the way she explain creativity can open up that possibility and she talked about the flatitudes of our our creative expression and um she really made Rita Patel made creativity accessible so if you haven't listened to that show it was really um inspiring is it doesn't really capture it uh it really raises you up it's a, a show that raises you up and it um brings forth greater permission to express your creativity all right, so now let's go ahead and um, take a deep breath together. And this is the point of the show where I just listen and see what wants to come through me. It's a, you know, one thing that I do when, when I guide retreats or I'm teaching a workshop is I don't really have a plan of what I'm going to talk about. I really let that energy, you know, that energy that beats your heart, whatever you want to call it, universe. God, spirit, energy, that energy is what wants to come through us. That energy is what wants to express as you and as me. It's Every single one of us has the Buddha Gandhi potential within us. And it's that energy. It's, it's giving that energy permission. And everything in our human mind is threatened by that. See, we hold on to our pain and our limitations not because we're stupid, um, although sometimes it looks stupid, and I think we call ourselves stupid for it, but we do it because the ego mind wants to keep us from changing. And we're identified as our limitations, as our pain. There's a part of us that says, I am that pain. I am that history. And as we see in all different spiritual traditions, whether it be Judeo-Christian or Hindu or metaphysical, that anything we have an I am, anything we say I am at the end of it is going to not just be a part of our identity, but actually becomes part of our nervous system. 
there's an unwinding process that we do as we condition ourselves to move from the caterpillar state to the butterfly state. And so we've all been conditioned to be caterpillars, right? We've all been conditioned to be mediocre. And that's not being negative. That's just really accepting where we're starting. That women have been conditioned to project their sexuality and not really fully claim it and own it. Which if you've listened to previous shows, I am really animate about women reclaiming their sexuality. And this is what's happening on the planet. Because a woman who reclaims her sexuality, her sexual life force, which has nothing to do with having sex, I mean, not nothing, that's not... Sexual life force is your creative energy. It's your passion. It's your fire. And that fire is so important for being a fully empowered woman on the planet. It is, in fact, I, think, I feel like it's the crucial key. For, for, and, and I'm saying that probably because it's a key thing I bring forth on the planet. And that, just looking at the conditioning of women, of how historically we've been taught to... Um, Think more of a masculine force of God that affects our brain. Historically, we have uh, religiously, we've been taught to separate our sexuality from spirituality. And not to mention the body shaming. There's so much energy that women spend in body shaming. It, it, and, and I know all this because I, that's been me. I have a history um, that I've healed from of sexual abuse, physical abuse, violence in my family, um, and Really, I mean, I would have every right to be on drugs and um, really hating life right now. But I've chosen to use all that darkness. Don't feel sorry for me. I've used all that darkness to become who I am. And everybody has that potential. Everybody has that in, in them. And so my point being is, yeah, we all, got, we all have that conditioning. And so if we start from that place, when I, I have um, a women, women's tribe I'm doing here in Plymouth that is just taking off. It's, the work is incredible. It's combining the archetypes of empowered sexuality with my eco-psychology work, the earth work, with the self-acceptance process. And it's called Aphrodite Rising Tribe. And that meets every Thursday. And then also I have a Facebook page, which is Sexuality as a Superpower. It's the SAS, the SAS Women. And um, so the conditioning that we have, and big part of the conditioning is also because we are so disconnected from our bodies and the earth. And that's why I'm really excited about Mary Ellen's work and Aaron's work, because these women, they are embodied. They are, (laughs) I remember when I saw them a few years ago at a yoga festival, it was like, they intimidated me a bit. I'm like, whoa, whoa. And it was good. I noticed that, and that is a bad thing. I go I go towards people that um, I can feel are uh, going to intimidate me a bit. Does that make sense? Like I, I can see if there's something that somebody has cultivated and I want to cultivate that in my life, I'm going to go towards that, right? I'm not going to um, – I think a lot of us don't realize that it's okay to be – I was in, and I was so inspired by them. And so I go towards people like that so that I can cultivate that in my life and um, – I was listening to uh, The Millionaire Mindset. Uh, If you've ever looked at this guy's YouTube, he's so inspirational. He's talking about, hey, always learn from people that are actually doing what they're doing in their life. Like if you want to start a business, talk to somebody who is successfully running a business, right? Don't talk to somebody that doesn't own a business or um, has a business and they're they're financially not doing so well. Um, Talk to somebody who's succeeding or who is embodying it, who's living it. And 
living it, embodying it, uh, having it in manifested reality is, 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 yeah, you want to learn from those people, right? You want to go towards those people. So back to my original topic <laughs> about the conditioning that we have and that, hey, we've done nothing wrong, that we have so much conditioning and that one of being disconnected from nature, from our bodies, and what I've seen for men and women, not just not just women, but men and women, I've worked with a lot of men. I'd say, you know, 70% women. I've, I've had over 40,000 session hours, and um, I've written four books. I'm on my fifth book now. I really love, I love service. I love waking people to who they are. And in working with men, um, body connection is just as important, right? Nature connection, they got to bring forth their lion, bring forth their fire, in a way that is balanced with their feminine, in a way where they have awakened their feminine and masculine. And same thing with a woman, right? She needs to awaken her masculine so she can express safely her feminine and be able to have clear boundaries and clear no. But body connection, nature connection, important for all of us because it allows us to feel that intimate relationship to life You know, it's a radical notion to say that life is the life of God or life of spirit and that your body, nature, your food, your sexuality, that's all part of God. God It's all part of, and I don't mean God as a person sitting on a a hill, Um, and I don't, I mean God from God in you, God in me, God in all things. Um, I know that word kind of offends a few people, so if, if I say it, just replace it with a word that resonates with you, energy, universe, Christ, whatever resonates with you. Because we're all speaking the same language. I'm talking about a love that is fierce, a love that is really embracing life and seeing the divinity. You know, it's so interesting how I've had these, um, some of my students are very, um, looking at some of their religious conditioning. And some of my students are actually clergy, so I've had some incredible discussions. That, and and I, about 10 years ago, the universe, uh, God sent, sent me a whole bunch of clergy, and I had some really great clarifications of how to communicate this message in a way that people can hear it. And if you look at the, you know, you look at the Bible, there's the word omnipotent, omnipresent, meaning present is all things. And then you look at how there's such a duality teaching that, well, no, God's not that. You know, that's, that's the opposite of God. And to say that this divine creational force is omnipresent in all things, as all things, that you're not just a part of God, you are God. And nature's not just a part of God, it is God. And so to have, and that, and I know that challenges the mind that wants to segment and kind of play small. That your imagination, your ability to co-create, your your power to be a living presence on the planet, you are a complete expression of God. You know, we see that in our biology. You take one cell of your body now, and you can make a complete you. You have all the DNA, right? You take one part of nature, and you have a complete representation of the whole. You take one atom of the universe, and you know everything about the universe. Now we know that from a subatomic aspect now, that in quantum physics, right, you take one atom and you can know everything about the universe. 
So the part does have the whole. So we see that in our biology. We see that in nature. We see that in quantum physics. This repatterning. So when I say you have everything, you have all the answers within you. You have everything within you. All the answers, all the qualities of God are already within you. I'm not saying this from a airy, fairy perspective. We see that in all the other sciences. I mean, isn't that exciting? I was working with a client yesterday, and I, when, I work, when I look in people's energy fields, one of my gifts, and we're all gifted, is I can look into people's energy fields, and I can see what the core limiting belief is. And our belief or our perception shapes our reality. And ultimately, we want to seek first the kingdom of God. We want to be so open and available to all the good, all the love that is always, always there for us, that life is in constant celebration, and that your body, that your life is the life of God, the earth, the food, all that is omnipotent, has all the qualities. It's always celebrating. There's no vacuum where all of a sudden God doesn't exist. So anyways, I'm working with this client yesterday, and and I could feel her kind of trying to search for answers with me. And I said, ah, you still think I'm going to give you something. You still think I have all the answers. <laughs> and so we looked at, I could see the core limiting belief for her was that she didn't have all the answers. And if I had worked with her and not looking at that belief, I would have just been another addictive searching for answers outside of herself. And I won't do that. I won't take people's power. I won't take their voice. And so I could see that she really needed to look at that belief and see how it affected her whole life. And that's sometimes really hard when we really get honest with ourselves. And we, you know, we begin to, you know, the thing, big thing about taking full responsibility for our lives or saying we're God is we've got to say, wow, everything that shows up in my life has been from my thinking and my beliefs. And that's why self-acceptance is really the first step. Because if you don't accept that, wow, I had a lot of conditioning from my childhood and historically that I'm unwinding. This isn't my fault. I'm not broken. And that if my life, life is crap right now, it's because I have a lot of pain and limiting beliefs I haven't admitted they're, they're, that are there. And I have a lot of conditioning from my past. But that doesn't make me a bad person. So it's understanding that it's like what you love transforms or self-acceptance is really saying, okay, I, you know what? This is all here. Because if you don't make self-acceptance the first step and you try to create from that, you try to direct your mind, you're going to create more shit. So if you are, you're in this state of resistance, right, you're doing this kind of push-pull with, um, let's say, finances in your life, and you've got, you haven't really admitted that you have a belief that you'll never have enough. I actually had a client, same thing, I had a client that she had a belief um, that, Actually, she and he, I have two different, two different stories or cases I can think about that they had a belief they'll never have enough. I'll never have enough. And they either it's because they saw their parents modeling a lack of consciousness in their life or because they learned it from society. You know, we have a society that really is on a lack of consciousness, and that's why we constantly try to fill ourselves with things and people and food and what Buddhism calls the hungry ghost, right? That hungry ghost is constantly trying to fill with crap outside of ourselves. 
So I was working with them and um, both of them, when they really looked at that belief and they saw how, you know, again, seeing how these beliefs affect our entire life can be very, very humbling. You know, I had a moment, uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, well, when I was healing all the abuse and violence in my life, um, I had a belief that sexual energy was um, not safe. So then I would keep on dating people that I wasn't really attracted to. And that was very painful for me, right? Because I had done that for 20-some years. And I had to cry for a couple days. It was it was intense. And so that's why, you know, that's why our mind doesn't really, you know, when people hear this, they don't really want, they can feel it's going to be work. But, man, it's so well worth it to not be on that gerbil wheel creating the same shit over and over and over again. Seriously, that really sucks. So I hope I've inspired you to realize that change is possible. That you really do have all the answers within you. And that if there is lack in your life right now, that can change. That lack, whether it be financial or love or playtime, is because some type of conditioning you haven't unwinded in your life. And that conditioning is not your fault, but it is your responsibility to change it, and only you can change it. There's no one, there's no white knight, there's no, there's no princess that's going to rescue you from that. And at the same time, just like a cut on your arm knows how to heal, right? You don't have to tell it what to do. And that energy right now that's beating your heart, there's an order, a harmony, an intelligence in this process. So even though I'm like hard-nosing you a bit, or is it hard-nosing? What's the word? <laughs> Anyways, saying that you know change is possible, you can do it, but there is an intelligence, there's a wisdom, there's a grace that is, as soon as you say, okay, I'm ready, I'm open, I'm willing, it begins, you, you allow that flow of grace, that energy to flow through you. And then, you, you yeah, pain starts coming up. And initially, it can be really intense. And limiting beliefs come up. But then as you go, as you keep on doing the process, it does get easier and easier. Not that you're ever done, though. You know, I've been, on, I've been diligently on this personal growth path, spiritual growth, working with therapists, indigenous cultures, vision quests for 20 years, and I am still bumping up against stuff that I go, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was there. <laughs> Because we're never done growing. And I think when we accept that, there's a, there's, a, there's a peace that comes over our bodies and our hearts. Hello, somebody's calling. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, hosting Beautiful Earth here from Plymouth. And uh, when we bring on Mary Ellen and Erin, they are traveling. I'm not for sure what they're, they're – they're, they are um, – traveling from somewhere and we'll hear about maybe why that where they're traveling and what why they're um why they're in transit (laughs) um so i'd like to talk about now i'm going to just shift gears for a bit and talk about mary ellen and aaron and i am on their website here it's um equu spirit partnership so equus equal they're going to help me out when they come on equus spirit partnership in really incredible pictures. If you just even go on the website just to see all the horse noses. I love the horse noses. (laughs) So um, Mary Ellen and 
and Erin's work. And their mission is to enrich lives personally and professionally through equine-guided learning. They help horses to help you by providing quality and sustainable learning opportunities that offer life-changing experience of empowerment, growth, and healing. It's a, it's a business and a nonprofit organization. Oh, I didn't realize that. It allows us to share the sacred work. It is sacred work, for sure, for the common good of people and the welfare of horses. Um, Equine-guided learning fuses the power and wisdom of horse with the potential of the human spirit. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Um, so they're both certified equine-guided learning uh, professional coaches, and I believe they're also yoga teachers. I know they've got an incredible healing history that I'd love to hear about. Um, and I, you know, I just got to talk from my personal experience before I bring them on in one minute. Um, both of them. When you see them work with horses and um, ride, it's like watching. You know how you watch a uh, professional football player when they're in the zone and you can see them like jump five feet in the air and you're like, okay, that was, was spirit and matter combined. That was, that was miraculous. And you're just so inspired by that. There's a level of embodied uh, spirit. Um, so that... That same inspiration, when you see these women um, ride their horses and um, manage their energy in the way that it does, it, it really, it's, um, it was really spectacular. Um, I want to see, I'm going to click here on her bio. Oh, there's, there's Mary, Mary Ellen's bio. Um, oh, okay, so Mary Ellen is also a... Level one horseback archery instructor. Oh, yeah. She's really spectacular at that, too. Um, oh, she's a nationally certified licensed massage therapist with 20 years of experience. And um, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have you guys. Erin uh, is also a licensed anesthetician, has worked in health and wellness for 14 years. Um, yeah, so they have an incredible background here of, of healing and health and have dedicated their lives to this work. So, yeah, it's, that's pretty amazing. All right, ladies, I'm going to bring you on. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Beautiful Earth. Thank you for having us. Ah, you're Welcome. So let's uh, let's start the conversation. And again, I'm I'm open to wherever it flows. And um, what inspired? I'd love either either one of you that wants to go first. What inspired you into healing, and what inspired you into equine therapy? Well, um, you know, horses for me were always I would always say my best medicine. So I now who's talking right now? This is Erin. Okay, just want to make sure people. Okay, so okay, Erin, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, I had some real challenges early on with um, you know my my dad passing away at the age of eight and losing some real key you know loved ones, and I was really fortunate enough to have horses in my backyard, mm-hmm. and I didn't really understand it then, but I would go out and just hang out in the barn and hang out with the horses and I would instantly feel better. And um, it was 
it's just such a, a wonderful way to be able to process emotion, and they held space for me, and when I cried or when I was angry or whatever was going on, they just had this incredible way of just holding space and, and being with mm-hmm. you, and, um, and I would just, I feel great. And so mm-hmm. I, um, you know, have always had them in my life at some capacity, you know, then later getting more into riding and competing. And um, when I, I actually got away from horses for a couple of years and, you know, went to school and then followed the, the health and wellness path and became an esthetician and got really interested in, in healing and wellness. Um, but about about five years into it, having my own kind of wellness practice, and it was really great. It was really successful. I was enjoying it, but there was just something missing, and there was mm. emptiness, and I couldn't figure out what it was, and I ended up, you know, going, going riding and realizing that that was the missing piece. But, you know, the, the most profound healing and personal and spiritual growth that I had experienced was with horses, and, and there was no horses in my in my healing practice at that time. So that's what really, really um, kind of sparked that. And Mary Ellen and I ended up going on a, a trip out to Asheville, North Carolina. We kept it would come up, and we would see North or Asheville in a, a magazine, or we would see it on the TV, or and, you know, we just kept saying, well, where do we want to go? Well, I don't know. Asheville just keeps coming up, so let's go there. So we went, um, both of us being in the health and wellness field, we went there for a conference to just just relax. We just knew we, we, knew we were looking for something, but we didn't know what. And we ended up looking for a place to ride. We went on a beautiful ride, but we found a center that does the work that we do with the horses now. We didn't even really understand what it was at the time. We just signed up because it sounded really interesting and we're always interested in doing new activities with horses. So the horses kind of showed up for us and um, I remember just driving up the driveway to this place and having complete butterflies in my stomach and I didn't know why. Um, Having horses in my backyard at the time but just not interacting with them in that way um, and we pulled up, and there was this big, beautiful kind of gray um, horse, and he was just standing there staring at us, like almost waiting for us. And no. I, broke down, I broke down in tears, and I had no idea why I was crying, but, um, but I didn't care. It, it, felt, it felt right, and we ended up having the most profound afternoon, and... I think, you know, it was so life-changing and so crucial to have that interaction. It's like the horses were waiting for us to teach us, you know, how to move into that next level with them. And since that day, we started looking for programs to find out, you know, how do we do this work? This is it. This is our calling. This is what we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you... Um it's like you knew that medicine was happening for you at such a young age and that you um, could see part of your resiliency, it sounds like, um, came from your connection with the animals as a kid. 
and it's um, yeah, isn't it, isn't it amazing all the the <laughs> all the skills we're learning now we 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 had as we had as kids. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. What you were talking about earlier, you know, and social programming and losing yourself, it was like, yeah, it was so easy when I was a kid. And I didn't even under, I didn't need to understand why. I just went out to the bar and I knew exactly what I needed to do. And, yeah. you know, to heal and to feel whole and to reconnect and to ground. And, um, and then, yeah, you kind of, you get confused for a while or, or life, you know, it's, you have life experiences and life happens and you, you come back mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was watching. I was watching these kids dance the other day, and uh, um, I have a friend that does authentic movement practice and a dance a dance instructor friend, and then they're constantly trying to teach people how to how to dance again. And I watching these kids, I'm like, yep, yep, I'll ha- have it as kids. Yeah. <laughs> and that connection to nature. Yeah. And animals, it's like you don't have to teach a child that, but like as adults, yeah, we've got to. We've got to come back to our childlike self and realize that we um, we we it's it's already within us. We had it at some point in our life, you know. It's like, yeah. So, Mary Ellen, uh, what what called you into healing work and and um, and the equine therapy? Well, kind of a similar story with Erin. Erin and I actually met like 20 years ago working at a riding stable together, and we spent so much time with horses. And I didn't even really know at the time, like, why I was so drawn to them. But there was this, this kind of like a, like a spark in your soul that gets ignited, kind of like a, like a young girl's fantasy to want to be around horses, and you're not even sure why. And then when you are, there's this, this level of non-judgment, this acceptance to connect with this animal that's this, this pure source. And... At the time, I really didn't understand feelings and emotions like that. I just knew it felt good to be around them. I felt like a better person. I felt like I could think more clear. And it was really fun. It was, you know, like starting to take over all of the other things I had going on in my life. All I wanted to do was just hang out with the horses. And and it started, the healing thing kind of started when we were taking people for rides. We would notice how <laughs> horses would change with different people. Or we would notice when someone was struggling or or having a hard time, so we would kind of help counsel them so they'd have a better time on the horse and be able to connect better. Well, after a few years of working at the riding stable, we realized we had to get real jobs that paid money <laughs> to have a life. <laughs> and um, so Erin had went to, a, you know, aesthetic school, and I went to massage school. So that kind of started the whole thing. And then, of course, when you, you know, just the tip of the iceberg, you finish a program in the healing world, it really just opens the door to all of the other modalities and things that you can do to help people oh, well have a more enriched yeah. life. So, you know, lots of continuing education and, and then actually seeing results and people, you know, kind of, you know, making their, their way on their path for a better life, whether it's, you know, mental or physical, feeling better. But I, I really felt um, so much uh, gratification to, to help people get there. So, you know, we went on to have, you know, great careers in in the health and wellness field like that and kind of put horses on the back burner as far as a a business thought, but kept our own horses and continued to grow and evolve with them, but then kind of knew that there was even more than that. So, of course, you know, when we start off, our love of horses is this pure, innocent thing, and it's untainted. 
And as we want to learn more, we realize how many avenues there are to taint it along the way and how, you know, oh, I want to learn more. I'm going to work with this trainer. I think Aaron and I, I have worked every aspect of the horse industry inside and out and to realize how much I don't like it. (laughs) I just want to be with horses in the way that makes me feel good. And if I feel that way and if Aaron feels that way, then we figured most other people probably feel that way too and they just don't know it. So this trip to North Carolina, we had been talking about how do we, you know, incorporate our health and wellness and bring the horses back in. Remember when it was so pure and easy and just hanging out with the horses was enough and now it turned into driving and training and and all of these things that, you know, kind of turned us off and how can we make it pure again? And then we mm. found this place, and we both were like, we don't even know why we have to go here, but we have to go here. And uh, that was the mission once we realized, like, you know, we just knew. And now, you know, in retrospect, that was the point of this trip, and we just didn't even know it at the time. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think – I didn't always feel or think this way, and we've just been on a journey. It's been a long time. I I used to be a lot more, uh, you know, insecure or ego-driven and – Slowly over time, the horses have opened up all of these learning opportunities to help shape my world. And, you know, I realized, you know, all, some of these other things that were floating in my life really weren't serving. It wasn't, wasn't for the greater good. I didn't realize how my intentions or body language had so much to do with my, my outside world. So kind of mm. like, you know, we were, I was floating between these two planes of glass that were blurry and had a moment of clarity where everything mm. made sense and it was clear and it was a horse that helped me discover that. And it was so profound for me that I thought, wow, you know, if we could get everybody to have an experience like this, like it's life, life changing. Like how many people can be affected to have that spark in their soul to make a change in their life. And then, and then realize really how simple things are and the beauty of all these things around or just how to be more present so it's taken a long time, but over time, learning these new things and then incorporating into your life and really embodying it is is now something that's a little more second nature. And mm. I realize how things just, it's either fear or love that kind of drive you. So horses help us, you know, realize that our, our actions are louder than words and then our intentions that drive our actions even speak ten times uh. more than that. So... Mm. Mm-hmm. The intention mm-hmm. do, behind everything. Yeah, how do horses help us get there? They help us get there so fast because they're they're just they're these you know innocent prey animals trying to survive in the world, and because their need for survival is so strong, they are just born with these innate abilities to be able to read emotion, to be able mm-hmm. to read intentions of the things around them, and to be able to adjust and go with the flow because their survival depends on it. So the horse's mm-hmm. ability, like their energy fields are, you know, a hundred times bigger than ours. They sense things that, and nuances in the environment that humans just don't really have the capability or we, it's a lost art that we're trying to learn again to, to be aware of these little nuances, but the horses do it instantly and it's just, it's in their DNA. And that's how mm-hmm. they've been around for 50 million years thriving, not just surviving, because their survival mm-hmm. depends on it. So horses be, you know, that's how when we partner with them, and we really, like, make it a true partnership, because in the horse world, it hasn't always been a true partnership. You know, they've been kind of the beast of burden, but 
when you just allow them to be themselves, they, they're the greatest teachers and healers because they can show us things that we just don't see. So us as human beings, we're walking around most of the time in our society life. We've got our agendas. We've got our, our rules set. We've got our relationships and all these things. And most of us are kind of unaware of all the little things that we do or say or unconscious behavior patterns or how our emotions affect us or how the, the rest of the, our, the perception of our world affect us and how it drives us to have the actions that we do. So when we stop and think about that, and here's a horse who has none of those things, they're just day to day in the moment, you know, living and surviving in this, this cohesive herd that somehow has got it all figured out on how to, how to live peacefully. <laughs> we think, wow, like what are we doing wrong? How can we be more like that? Like you were talking earlier about, um, you know, like our power and our body image, our, our body shaming. It. When I was listening to you talk, I thought, wow, that's another example of how horses model behavior that we can do. They don't even think about that. They have no, they don't care if their butt's big. They don't shame. They don't look, they don't look in the mirror, you know. So here's, here's a horse who can kind of like, you know, make us aware of all these little things. And help us realize now that we're aware of the, these things, then we can make change because people aren't really aware. So if there's yeah. this thousand-pound animal that's mirroring and reflecting your emotions back to you, that's kind of the the piece that they have. They they model the behavior that we really would rather try to live more like as humans, but they reflect our emotions and our behaviors back to us, which is great mm-hmm. because there's no judgment attached to it. There's no agenda. There's no attachment to an outcome. It's just a true source. So when a person can see that, um, they, it means a lot more to them because another person can't tell them that. You know, they, there's, there's all kinds of other things attached to someone giving an opinion about how someone else is being. But when they see this in its pure form from a horse, it really hits home to them. And then they might have this epiphany of, you know what, I, I had no idea that, that I did that. I had no idea that my body language looked that way to other people. So if we all had an opportunity to view ourselves like the rest of the world sees us, we learn a lot. And then we're, we have a conscious, we're the conscious creators of our life, and we, we can make a choice. If we don't like who we're being in any minute, we can, we can change it. So the horses, and then what happens when they do have this epiphany and they go and, and try something different with the horse, the horse will change because they can now sense the congruency and the authenticity from this person. Because with the horse, since survival is their main thing, if they're reading intentions of the other beings around them, if someone is not being congruent, that's a that's a danger. That's a threat to a horse. Ah. So it really it helps people get real. And sometimes it's harsh. You know, we hide a lot of things. We don't admit things to ourselves. And here's this thousand pound animal that will not let us escape these things because you cannot lie to them. You know, the minute you're not being real, they don't really, it's confusing and they want to disengage and it happens so subtly. And that's why like in our workshops, we spend a lot of time up front um, really talking about horse behavior and communication. So they understand because, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times people come to workshops and they've, they've had a bad experience somewhere down the road with a horse and they're afraid. And we're just afraid about the things that we don't know. And once we explain these things, it makes perfect sense to them, and then they can start to use it for their benefit. And it might mm-hmm. look different to everybody. And 
since we're coaches, we don't have any answers either. We, we just ask empowering questions to help people come up with their own conclusions because we know that they have the answers in there. And mm-hmm. if we put them in a, in a, in a, a scenario to discover these things, it's much more powerful to that person. And it's the transformation is much more instantaneous and sustainable for them. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, we've seen some pretty, pretty amazing things happen in a short period of time. That's what's so powerful about this work too, is that it's experiential learning and people are doing, they're learning by doing in the moment. And when you have that in your muscle memory, it's so much more powerful than just reading a theory and then mm-hmm. wondering when in life you have an opportunity to integrate that in. And then your test group is, you know, all of your, your real relationships around you. So in our workshops, they can have this epiphany and then go try it right now, you know, make a change and go try that theory with the horse and, and see what happens. And then when they get a little level of success, it's, it's in there. It's in their muscle memory. Now they can go out and apply this in the world with a little more confidence and with a, a result that is more suited for them. So mm-hmm. it's, and it's never ending. Like we don't have all the answers. We're still on the path ourselves. We're just at a, maybe a different point than some of our clients. But um, they, the horses are constantly reminding us too. You know, mm-hmm. we're not perfect. We've, you know, it's a, it's a practice. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's, I love the way um, you describe the healing and how uh, when you began with intentions drive actions and how um, the horses sense that lack of congruency between our actions and our intentions. And um, one of my teachers, he describes, uh, Beckless, he describes uh, to the presence of spirit as um, to step into the congruent field, to, to hold a level of congruency. He calls it the prayer field. And so that really touched my heart when you said that, like that the horses can sense when your actions aren't lined up with your intentions and that you're not being real. And, um, and, and it was so powerful when you said um, part of, you know, I've described uh, healing work as uh, the facilitator points out in a compassionate way that limiting belief or the pain and holds it in a way that person can give it a big hug and embrace it. And that is, um, a level of convincing and talking or body movement that, and, and, and you guys know, as, you ladies know as healers, like as, as an, a human doing that, you can do it. And, and it's getting that person to see that issue without judgment, to be able to see it without adding story to it or a, a self-attack or attack of others. And the way so a simple awareness heals, but as humans, we add all the shit, all the story, all the reaction of attacking <laughs> ourselves or others. And that you said, horses make us aware. They reflect our emotions and behavior back to us. It's a true source. It's a pure form. And it was, I don't know, something just really clicked in my brain of how powerful that is and how, and like I'm totally inspired because I'm like, oh, I did never realize, yes, they're, they're, because they're prey animals, they have to know that, and that's like in their DNA to be able to reflect that back. And wow, wow, that's that's, and that is so damn cool. That is so damn cool. Um, <laughs> it is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you, I was going to actually ask you a question, and you answered it, which was, you know, to speak to the audience about people who are afraid of horses and had negative experiences. And you spoke to that. You said, well, hey, it's not the horse's fault. They were just reflecting back your the the incongruency and the fear that you were holding. And um, 
and that's probably why you had a negative experience and and uh, let's see that as an opportunity for healing and um can you speak to um and oh and then I love the story of how you you did you were giving rides for years and years, seeing all these people healed and changed, and and said, "Hey, we we should make turn this into a business." <laughs> um, can you speak to? Is there any? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, so this is a question for Mary Ellen or Aaron. Um, any stories about um, people you've worked with or yourselves of? When you like, and of course you can't speak of names, but just the nugget, the nugget of with like somebody came in with this particular issue, and they left this way. Um, does any particular clients or stories come up? Um, yeah, just recently actually, I was working with a client and um, she having trouble hearing you a bit. If you can, you can you hear me? That's a little better. Okay. Yeah, so just recently I worked with a, a new client, and um, she had gone through, she was a victim of rape and had dealt with some sexual abuse, and so we went out into the pasture, and it was, you know, we kind of start from a distance, and as Mary Ellen was talking about, we, we go into the horse body communication, and we also bring the clients into their body, too, because it's the best way to really connect and and have the deepest experience with the horses so you know we did a little body scan and then we walked into the pasture and we actually were working with the entire herd and Mm. asking i was asking the client you know where was she feeling it in her body as we're approaching and what was coming up for her and um and so as she started to talk about what she was feeling she was experiencing like butterflies in her stomach and kind of, um, you know, nervous feelings and maybe a little bit of anxiety. And as she was talking about that, the the lead male in the herd, the horse, came kind of directly up to her mm. and was, you know, was kind of like coming at her and um, and you know, her energy started to go up. And it wasn't an aggressive matter, but he was just approaching her kind of fast. And um, she, you know, so we started talking about it. And I said, well, you know, how are you feeling? And she was like, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more nervous. I'm feeling a little bit more scared. And and I said, well, what do you need to do to feel more comfortable? And, you know, she she kind of stood her ground and she actually was able to, energetically and physically kind of set a boundary and put her arm out and just create kind of space around herself. And the horse instantly stopped and lowered his head and became really soft and just respectfully held space with her there. And she started to cry and she just said, oh, my gosh, I've never been allowed to set boundaries. I didn't know that I could. I thought I had to let him come all the way up to me and, um, and then she took her time and she was able to, from that place of respect and when she felt comfortable, when she felt powerful, when she felt authentic, she was able to go in and then have an amazing connection with this horse and, and petting him and doing you know mutual grooming where she's petting the horse's neck and he's kind of muzzling her shoulder and um, you know she just 
it, it was really, really very powerful for her to be able to set a boundary and then have this beautiful, you know, connection and shared love and respect with this horse because she's never experienced that in her life. And it brought her back to even her relationship with her father and never feeling safe, never feeling protected, never feeling like she could set boundaries. And, you know, she was able to, from that experience, look at her experience as originally feeling like a victim of this, this, you know, this sexual, this rape, to, wow, you know, I just, I, I never knew that I could set boundaries. I never knew, you know, I, I felt maybe on some level that I, you know, this is what I've been expecting my whole life because I never learned mm-hmm. how to do that. And um, she just, the next day she actually went online and told her story and mm. out there and kind of found this empowerment through that. But I am convinced that it was, you know, when you when you work with horses, they work with you on such a deep level. We always say they can move bedrock, right? So they can go in and in, you know, 20 minutes find, you know, these blocks that are really blocking you from expressing and being your authentic self. And also, you know, releasing energy. They're, they're some of the most powerful energy workers that I've ever experienced. You know, they will actually physically go. She had a... Um, their horse, actually, when they were doing the mutual grooming, was working on her shoulders. And um, I just am always curious. I said, you know, have you, have you had any problems with your shoulders? And, and she said, yeah, yeah, actually I have, and, and they feel better. And so uh, another uh, part of this <laughs> is we really believe that a lot of this trauma, the horses will actually go in and help to energetically and physically release these traumas wherever they're stored in the body. And they'll, you'll actually be able to see it because they'll go to that place and then they'll start yawning and yawning and releasing energy. And it's just so incredible to watch. Oh, it gives me chills. Wow. Wow. That is so amazing. Oh, that's uh, that yawning. Uh, that that's something that when um, as I didn't know horses did that. I mean, when I when I teach qigong or energy movement, people will have that. Well, they'll start yawning and they're like, "What's happening?" I'm like, "Oh, you're just clearing energy." And and um, I didn't know that is so neat that horses do that. And that her after and then the fact that 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 is so profound that. The horse taught her boundaries in that in that moment, and then she had to uh, demonstrate it and feel it, and and that, yeah, like years of talk therapy could not do that. That that's the to be able to own your no around your body and your sexuality. I I feel like the number one key in um, healing sexual abuse and trauma, and and to the degree that we own our no, we can say yes, yes to life, yes to the world because we can trust ourselves trust ourselves to own that no and um the fact that the horse like she saw the fear and that the horse gave her a choice to be able to demonstrate that she can take care of herself that she can say no and how that repatterned all the stuff from her childhood and her father and um wow wow and then and then she had a healing on her shoulders <laughs> That's so wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. That's the thing that's so incredibly, it's just, 
you know, it engages you on all levels. First of all, they have an, they're incredible healers. Their energy field is so powerful. And then, you know, it actually, the, there's a lot of science now backing up the work that we do, which is really exciting. But um, working with a horse, it, it can increase endorphins. It creates new neurological pathways because we're engaging mind, body, and spirit all at once. And, ah. and so it's, it's life-changing. And it, it's, you know, not that it's, easy, but it, it doesn't, you know, they, they get right down to the heart of the matter where, you know, yeah, traditional talk therapy, sometimes it takes, you know, a long time to get down there. And they yeah. get right there. Yeah. Wow. On wow. another note, can we, can we share another quick story with you? Sure. Sure. Barbara. Yeah, um, I'm here. <laughs> I, this one kind of comes to mind too, because you know, the, this work is really healing, and um, but it, the lessons that it, it teaches are, it, it goes beyond. And uh, we do a lot of work in the corporate field. We found that working with corporate clients was a really great way to impact a large amount of people on a large scale that will trickle out into the world. And they're not necessarily looking for healing. Actually, a lot of them aren't even looking to be there at all. Sometimes their boss just sends them, but what they learn <laughs> and what they discover along the way is like invaluable stuff to take into the workplace. So we do a lot of team building and leadership because um, horses are natural team players and they're always looking for the most competent leader to take direction from. So, you know, in our, our world and the, you know, out in the corporate world, there's not always the ideal bosses out there. Some can be very harsh and use intimidation tactics and certain things to get their bottom line quick. It's not always sustainable. So here's a, a perfect example. There's a high-level executive who has been using intimidation and bully tactics to motivate his crew for years and not knowing why, you know, they're not so willing to follow him. So we have an opportunity for him to connect with a horse in a round pen, and the objective is to get the horse to move right or left, um, doesn't matter, and it's to see how effective you can use your body language um, without using words. So, of course, his first go-to is to crack the whip and try to force the horse to move. And when we let horses just be horses and, you know, we're not trying to bully them, they might not always just do <laughs> follow that, that routine. So <laughs> he's in the round pen with the, with the horse, and the horse really isn't moving. And this is something that is new to him, somebody not doing what he wants them to do. So, um, you know, we're watching it kind of unfold, and he's maybe getting more angry and using more energy and cracking the whip, and the horse just looks at him like, you think I'm going to move with this, you know? And so, of course, we ask, well, what else can you try? Why is it, what's not working? And this is, this is where it really challenges people, and it's kind of scary because, you know, they're not always aware about their body language, and then when, if they get the body language down, the intentions aren't always there to match it. So what is, what's been working for them out in the world is not working here. So their world falls apart. What are they going to do? This isn't working. I lead a company with uh, 500 people underneath me, and I can't get this horse to take a step. His learning and what he took away was, yeah, you can't bully people and intimidate them through life. It won't sustain. So he really had to have a huge epiphany that this isn't going to work. And what he had to do was get softer and start to realize that it, that's that he wasn't really being authentic 
he didn't even try to like make a relationship or even convey the message of what or why he was doing. And the horse wasn't going to do it at all. And when he started to deconstruct these thoughts that he was having to get to why this wasn't working, slowly the horse is becoming more engaged. Now the horse is a little, you know, listening to him. And, and when he approached it a different way, with a different attitude, with a different intention, he could get the horse to move and realized that it was easy. Once he changed his yeah. thought and his intention behind it, it was kind of effortless for the horse to move. So that was huge. Huge. And he probably, you know, it's, so that, yeah, it is so huge because he couldn't have, he wouldn't have been receptive to that from a human. I mean, that would have, he would have no engaged way. that fighter, bully part of him and that he was able to learn that through the horse and how life-changing that is. That is so awesome. And how that's going to help it not won't. only him, but all the people that have suffered the wrath of this guy's bullying. And, oh, that is incredible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, in a way, it affected the 500 people that work underneath him, you know, with just this one person. So, mm-hmm. and, and it takes a while for people to process. You know, at the moment, they might not always admit. Because our, you know, egos are big. They're really big out there. And horses deflate them like popping a balloon. So... <laughs> You know, well, ladies, we are we are down. Gosh, I I know we could talk a lot longer, and we are down to the last oh. couple minutes. So, I have mm-hmm. anything you would like to? Um, uh, I know people can go to equuspiritpartnership dot com. Um, people can schedule sessions with you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, do they use can. the one? Do they call the eight 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 five three nine seven five number? Yeah, that works great, or sending an email. Um, we're on Facebook, too. There's lots of ways to get a hold of us. We're, we're pretty responsive. And, um, yeah, there's really no, no boundaries or barriers as to who we can work with, the size of groups and different topics. And we never have really agendas either because the things that are meant to come up just find their way to the surface to work with. So we yeah, totally trust in the process, yeah. and it always works. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I am so grateful to have you on Beautiful Earth, and I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much, Barbara. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Many blessings. You Bye. too. Bye. So in case you didn't catch that number, you can go to one 885 3975 and you can email Mary Ellen or Aaron at infoequispiritpartnership.com. And I'm Barbara, Barbara White, the host of Beautiful Earth. You can contact me here, uh, accepted as I am, at 734-796-6690. Welcome to give me a call and chat about the women's group or mentoring that I do here in Plymouth. I also do phone sessions. So thank you so much for listening to Beautiful Earth. This was, I am so inspired. This was um, hearing the stories about how the horses have influenced, how they reflect the emotions, and um, wow, such an incredible resource. If you know anyone that can benefit from equine therapy or you are a corporation or you have some deep trauma you want to heal, give these women a call. This is such an incredible healing resource. Um, Do yourself a favor and please give them a call. Please reach out to them. And um, I am excited to have my sessions with them. They are just incredible healers. Erin, Mary Ellen, and the horses. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And I am so inspired and um, 
really knowing that a new paradigm of healing, a new new paradigm of walking in the world is possible, and that healing and um, more love is possible on the planet. And you are the you are key. You who are listening are key to this. So please share this resource. Many blessings.